Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, the podcast for all Nordic walkers wherever you may be around the world. I'd like to thank you listeners for the positive encouragement brilliant ideas for future episodes and great feedback that you have given to this podcast. One listener, Steve, has made a particularly useful point. He said that it was hard to differentiate between opinion and actual fact in some of the chats. To that end, I will endeavour to add links in the show notes to any relevant scientific articles that I can find. So if you want to explore a topic that has been discussed further, please visit the show notes and learn away. My thanks to Steve for his constructive feedback, and if anybody else has anything they would like to point out, please email me at hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. In today's episode, 
I'm talking to Catherine Hughes, CEO at British Nordic Walking, a social enterprise that trains people to be Nordic walking instructors and helps communities set up their own groups. Catherine is a national trainer and it was Catherine who trained me to become an instructor back in 2014. Not only does Catherine run a variety of Nordic walking sessions at Midlands Nordic Walking to cater for a wide range of fitness, she is also a member of the board at the International Nordic Walking Federation, otherwise known as INWA. Welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, Catherine Hughes. It's a huge pleasure to have you here today with us. I want to start by asking you, when did you first try Nordic walking and how did you come to be an instructor? Because I understand that you were one of the pioneers in the UK. Hi, well, it's quite a long story, this one. It starts out when I leave university and get my first job in industry, working in the manufacture of tablets, medicines. And I, I worked there for a couple of years on the main boot sites and uh, then move into IT. And um, a friend of mine, unfortunately, is diagnosed with a brain tumour. And it gets me thinking, am I happy with my career? And, uh, and I, had, I had some concerns and I reflected upon my time at the Boots campus. And the most exciting parts of my work were the extracurricular activities, getting my colleagues out, uh, running at lunchtime to sort of help with depression or solving issues with uh, organising a five-side football match. Um, so I decided to make a career change. And so I took a little gap year, uh, did a personal trainer course, and during my studies, heard about Nordic walking, read an article about it, and I thought it was just so good. I want to be an instructor straight away, having never even done it myself. <laughs> that shows a certain amount of commitment. And what, what benefits did you discover personally after that first session of trying Nordic walking? Well, what, what was really interesting before, if I went for a long walk, my hands would swell up and in winter I'd struggle to get my shoelaces undone. Um, and I found with Nordic walking, this is great, I didn't get any swollen hands. Also noticed when I walked up a hill with poles, it kept me more upright. I could actually see the view that I'd come out to see. I wasn't staring at a brown footpath in front of me. So that was made my walking more enjoyable. And then I think the third thing, was just over the last 15 years of being an instructor, I've made so many amazing friends and connections in the UK and around the world. Fantastic. And I just want to pick up on a point that you made there. Um, I'm just for listeners listening, they might not understand why um, Nordic walking made such a difference to your hands in both the summer and the winter. Could you possibly explain briefly about that? Um, it's good because you're using the poles, you're activating the muscles in your arms, and that's encouraging the flow of lymph fluid back up your arm into the body. Whereas without the poles, the fluid accumulates in your fingers, turns them into sort of sausage fingers. It doesn't affect everybody. It affects me. <laughs> <laughs> you as well. Okay. Yeah, and it's good. it doesn't happen with Nordic walking. It doesn't at all. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really boosts that circulation, doesn't it? It does, yes. And I notice the difference in the winter and I really encourage uh, my own walkers in the winter to focus on their hand movement because it just promotes good circulation and stops you getting so cold. It does, doesn't it? Keep the hands warm. So what aspect of Nordic walking do you find most rewarding? Well, really, since 2006, 
the novelty hasn't worn off. I still love to see beginner's faces lighting up as I teach them the inward 10 steps. Then they say, oh, I finally found something that I really enjoy. And then sort of later on, as they've been Nordic walking a while, as they tell me they're walking faster, they get feeling fitter, they've got their niggly backaches gone. Um, and really, and also seeing how the groups start to bond and support each other through life's ups and downs. Um, and I'd seen this before with my uh, local running club. And I had the vision that Nordic walking clubs could have the sort of same function of training, support, socialising, occasionally doing your kind of challenge or race, you know, be more accessible than running though. A lot more accessible. I think a lot of people are very off put by the thought of having to wear lycra or having to be fast and competitive. And I think uh, Nordic walking is fantastic for those sort of people because it's so inclusive, isn't it? It is. And, and what I particularly love about my job now is that not only can I see that on a local basis, but I see from you and other instructors collectively the amazing achievements of our family of inner instructors in British Nordic walking. Um, how, how well you guys all support each other and you share your stories. It's just fantastic. I know a lot of listeners here today um, often ask, where did Nordic walking come from? Because it's a relatively new sport, and I have asked you here today particularly to describe the origins of Nordic walking. Okay, yes. Again, another long story. It starts way back in the 1930s with cross-country skiers. So in summer, when the snow melts, they want to keep their fitness up, so they would go out and they would train. And, and as you know, cross-country skiing is really good exercise, isn't it? Yeah. It's whole body. can be done at any age. So that's obviously going back quite a long time, but with, you know, quite fit athletes. Um, the other change points, I would say, is around 1966, Lena Jaskalainen uh, was a teacher in Finland, and she introduced, uh, I do call it Nordic walking, she introduced the activity to one of her schools and um, <clears throat> gradually opened this up to other schools over the next couple of decades. Um, so just within, again, that closed community, there was activities that looked similar to what we do now. And then the next point was in the mid-1990s, the Viamaki Sports Institute teamed up with Suwam and Latu and Excel to look at adapting the skiers' summer pole training method to be suited to the general population. And they had to ensure that the technique was going to be safe for everyone and actually effective at improving fitness. And it was in 1997 that the activity was formally named as Nordic walking. It has other names around the world. I've seen it called ski walking or even pole walking. Do you know of any other names that it has? Um, yes. So in Finland, um, it was called Salva Kaveli. I'm Ooh. hoping I'm <laughs> pronouncing that right. Um, so I that was their <laughs> old language name. Uh, they, they named it Nordic walking. Um, in Finland because they wanted to fit with the Nordic family sports. So we have Nordic skiing, Nordic walking. You can see the link and the connection. Um, but they did want to ensure that the technique was taught consistently across the whole world. And they uh, developed the inward technique. And we teach that, our instructor network, using the inward 10-step method. Have you ever tried cross-country skiing yourself? And if so, 
How did you experience the difference between Nordic walking and cross-country skiing? Mm. Well, again, this is an interesting scenario where I uh, taught a, a young man who was only 80 years old. And uh, he, after six months with my Nordic walking group, um, he went on his very first ever cross-country skiing holiday to learn the technique. At the and age so, of 80. 80. It was amazing. Amazing. So it, it just inspired me. I thought, okay, right, next time I go skiing, I normally did downhill. I shall swap my downhill skis and have a go cross-country. And I absolutely loved it. And I found that because I'd done all the Nordic walking practice, that actually learning the, the classic technique cross-country skiing was quite easy, relatively easy, easier than learning to downhill ski, certainly. And do you think it was easier because of your Nordic walking background? Yeah, yeah. So the upper body movement in Nordic walking is very similar to the upper body movement in the classic cross-country skiing technique, <laughs> whereas below... In Nordic walking, you're walking with your trainers on the ground, but with skiing, you're sliding on skis. Yeah. So, but uh, so yes, there's a, quite a bit of overlap between the two. And then, did you go on and try any other forms of cross-country skiing? Um, yes, I enjoyed um, a couple of holidays of classic. So then I had to go at this, the skating technique, which was uh, far more technical and more challenging. But I'm loving uh, getting to grips with this. I'm going to stick with this technique. That involves a lot of double polling. Again, a technique that we sometimes do in an audit walking class. Um, but what I realized that what was making it easier for me to go faster was, you know, we teach step six and seven in the 10 steps where we're looking to get people to push their arms further back and release their hands from the handle of the pole, pushing into the strap. Yeah. All that work really paid dividends when I wanted to go faster, see more places in the ski resort. Um, I'd, I'd done that learning at home in preparation. It was good. Excellent. Oh, well, maybe I should have to have a go sometime. Oh, fully recommend it. Okay. <laughs> and I understand that Nordic walking instructors began teaching here in Britain in about 2005. What has the growth been like since uh, in the UK? It's been great. It's been strong and steady growth over the past decade. Um, so round about 2008, Inno wanted to consolidate and expand its teaching of the Nordic walking technique in the UK with our team of national trainers. So Karen Ingram, myself, and our very experienced colleagues took on the Inno license. And British Nordic walking is still the UK member of Inwa. And in 2012, we converted to a kick, which is a form of social enterprise, which we felt better reflected the ethos of, of British Nordic walking and our aims to get everybody Nordic walking as quickly as possible. That's a very ambitious aim. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you're well on the way to achieving that. I think, I think we are. I mean, we have uh, instructors. If you look on British Nordic walking website, you, on the search facility, you can see by instructors from North Scotland down to Kent and Cornwall and Wales. So... Uh, we have some coverage. We would love some more. There's a few places that don't have instructors. But, you know, if anybody's listening to this thinking they have fancy having a go, well, they know that they're all going to be teaching consistently using the 10 steps, which is a safe, effective method. So, Catherine, you taught me how to be an instructor back in 2014. And when I first started and I was out with groups, I was regularly heckled 
by men in white vans telling me that uh, there was no snow today, love, and um, pointing out, bearing in mind I teach in East Anglia, that I was a long way from the mountains. How has people's perception of Nordic walking changed in the last decade, let's say? Oh, yes, I remember those comments. I had them too. Funny at first, but uh, (laughs) not so later on. But it's interesting those comments have stopped and people are now saying they recognise us what we're doing when we're out Nordic walking. And even to the top level, really, the chief medical officer in 2019 actually recognised Nordic walking and added a separate entry to their recommendations on strength, balance and fitness for activities and, and recognised that Nordic walking was better than running, for example, for strength and balance. You know, they could see, it, they could distinguish it from walking and that it had initial additional sorry benefits so that was encouraging and then other national projects like this girl can beat the street of the community projects have all started to recognize that nordic walking would be a really valuable tool to have in their project model um, so we're pretty, pretty busy training instructors for these types of initiatives so it's it's good to see the recognitions growing it's definitely slowly becoming more mainstream, isn't it? And more people are hearing about it and it seems to crop up more in magazines and on the newspapers and um, television and things, which is wonderful to hear. Obviously, we've had a very strange year, just over a year now with the pandemic and a lot of classes have had to stop. I want to ask you how you think COVID has affected Nordic walking. Um, Well, locally in the British Nordic Walking Office, we've been surprisingly busy um, interpreting COVID legislation. So we need to uh, look at how instructors should be advised on whether they can teach and if they can teach, how they may need to adapt their delivery models. So that's kept us very busy. Um, And also, as guidelines allow, we've been organising instructor courses and we have changed the way that we deliver the instructor courses in order to comply with COVID regulations. So that's been uh, quite a volume of work. Um, But there have been many, many benefits. We have an annual convention for our British Nordic walking instructors. And uh, because of COVID, we couldn't meet face to face. So we hosted that on Zoom and that went amazingly well. Feedback was fantastic. And it was great because without the barrier of long distance travel, it meant that far more people could come from all areas of the UK. So that was was really a good result. And uh, talking of online material, we're starting to move our CPD, our additional training courses for instructors online. Um, And the first course we've run as part of the Parkinson's UK project was extremely popular. So we're looking forward to doing more online uh, online training and I would say overall COVID we're seeing more the data it's a low risk for outdoor physical activity and the feedback from our instructors they're saying well actually it seems to be fairly easy to socially distance we're already separated by our poles Um, so they're happy to work with these these guidelines And many of them are seeing an increase in inquiries from members of the public wanting to be healthier. And they've read about Nordic walking. They think this is a a safe way to do it. It's going to be effective. It's going to be fun. And and at the moment, there aren't many other options available to them. So with other activities or facilities that are closed due to regulations. 
I would definitely agree with that. I've, my beginners workshops have been really popular from people who've taken up walking in lockdown and they're just wanting to take it that extra step further and they don't want to be inside exercising and they like the, the sociability of the classes as well. Mm. So what do you think the future holds for Nordic walking? Well, as it's getting so popular um, in the office at British Nordic Walking, we're setting up more training courses to catch up from COVID. And uh, we're restarting a lot of the projects um, with charities who look after people with long-term health conditions who have been shielding. So we're going to be getting those moving again. And I won't say more today because I believe you have a future podcast lined up to talk about some of these with uh, our instructors um, and we'll be looking at um, new ideas for our events. Um, so we've had to stop those due to COVID. So it's a good opportunity to say, well, what kind of format of event will be most popular for Nordic walkers to, uh, to uh, join in with? So, so yeah, fairly busy. Um, and I would say, if you want to know the latest, just look at the British Nordic Walking website or our Facebook page, because that's where we'll be engaging with our members to give you all the news of new activities going on. In summary, it's very much Nordic Walking's moment. All the research around health and well-being points to Nordic Walking sitting as, I'd say, a sweet spot because it combines physical activity, being outdoors, and sociability, which means it contributes to both physical and mental well-being, which fits so well with public health and sport England targets to get people more active. You know, Mary, the versatility of it means it could be used by different people in different ways. Some, the sporty side, recreation, fitness, health, even rehabilitation. Um, so there's something really for everyone in Nordic walking. So give it a try. Finally, this podcast is called Walking On Air, which is a play on words, but I particularly like the euphemism of walking on air, meaning feeling elated and happy. And so what I'd like you to tell our listeners before you go is what is your top tip for walking on air? It's got to be walking with a group of Nordic walkers for the camaraderie and the banter. Just yeah, feel the stress melt away, don't you? So find your nearest instructor, go to the British Nordic Walking website, use the foot search facility and enjoy. That's a great tip. Well, Mary, finally, a big thank you to everyone and all my Nordic walking groups for taking part in my classes for over the past 15 years and giving me great feedback on developing Nordic walking concepts and especially to this Shifty group for contributing some amazing ideas for celebrating Inwa's 20th birthday last year. That's lovely to hear. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for coming onto the podcast and sharing so much with us today. Thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That was Catherine Hughes, CEO of British Nordic Walking on the Walking On Air podcast today. Wasn't she great? It was so interesting to learn about the history of Nordic Walking and I particularly enjoyed hearing about where Nordic Walking is heading in the future. I really hope that you enjoyed Walking On Air and that it has inspired you to get outside. If you have any questions about Nordic Walking or a story that you want to share, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. 
Thank you so much for listening. And if you have enjoyed doing so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on and hit the subscribe button. It will help spread the word about Nordic walking and about this podcast. Do join me next week. And finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.